Welcome to the Christian Classical Corner with Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church and the Good Shepherd School Project, where we discuss Christian classical education as a way forward for educating God's children. Greetings, friends in Christ. My name is Margaret Douglas, and I am the headmistress of the Good Shepherd School Project at Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church. Let's talk some classical education. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer for the care of children. Almighty Heavenly Father, you have blessed us with the joy and care of children. Give us calm strength and patient wisdom so to train them that they may love all that is true and pure and lovely and of good report, following the example of their Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Great to be with you again today to talk to you about Christian classical education and how we can use that as a discipling tool for our children and youth, bringing them up in the ways of the Lord, standing firm in faith against the ways of the world. The prayer that I began with is one of our colics or collected prayers of the congregation, in particular for the care of children. And of course, that's what we're all about here at the Christian Classical Corner. That prayer, like all the ones we pray here, can be found in the Anglican Book of Common Prayer 2019. The prayer book is available to you online in PDF form if you'd like to use it as a tool for your own personal devotion. Check it out at bcp2019.anglicanchurch.net. Last week here at the corner, we had with us Mary Giles, a student at the Good Shepherd School Project, who's also a student at Nevada State High School. And we got to discuss with her some of the differences in ideas and conduct of students kind of between what she's observed in the modern education public school experience versus the classical experience in which she was raised. It was really a fascinating conversation, and we're so glad that Mary got to join us for that. But in all this, you might be wondering, look, Douglas, you talk a lot about these theories and philosophies behind these differences, but what are the practical things that are different? What are some of the ways that a classical education experience looks different from a modern public school experience in real, concrete, day-to-day -day ways? Glad you asked. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. As we build up the Good Shepherd School Project, we're trying to make sure that we employ the nine essential principles of classical learning. Now, they're called the nine essential principles by Dr. Christopher Perrin, who's the head of the Classical Academic Press Publishing Company, one of the publishers whose materials we utilize at the Good Shepherd School Project. We also use Memoria Press, Roman Rhodes, and other companies who provide classically-oriented materials. But Dr. Perrin and Classical Academic Press also run two online academies, one for students and one for classical educators. In one of the formational classes for classical educators, Perrin outlines what he calls these nine essential principles to help educators, especially those of us formed and shaped by the public schools, to really understand the differences. And as a graduate of one of their educator programs, I'd like to share those with you to help your understanding. <laughs> Strangely enough, the good Lord working in mysterious ways as he does, I was thinking about this topic a week or so ago. And lo and behold, a blog post from a favorite Christian classical blogger of mine came out 
and he was discussing one of the essentials that I personally feel is one of the most important, and honestly, I have the greatest struggles with, because I, of course, am the product of this modern era, and I always want to be shouting, more, more, do more. Christian classical education says exactly the opposite. One of its essential philosophies is multum non multa. Now, that's a pretty little Latin phrase that basically translates to much, not many. Okay, that's how it translates. But what does it mean? Well, it's basically the admonition that it's better to go a mile deep and an inch wide than, as the modern public schools often do, go a mile wide and an inch deep. If we're looking for robust, deep, interconnected learning, we do better really understanding a little than barely understanding a lot. The writer that I mentioned, Joshua Gibbs, is also a teacher and consultant, and this most recent article of his was posted by the Searcy Institute, which is another classical teaching resource. Gibbs entitles his article, You Cannot Teach Every Great Book, So What? In it, he discusses the angst of every teacher who's called out for perhaps not teaching a particular text in a class that covers that time period. And teachers naturally become embarrassed, and as modern culture is wont to teach us, we try to fix that and see if there's some way to add in that one more thing, because that thing is a really good thing to teach. And it is. But Gibbs has a different take on this. Using Augustine's Confessions as the example text, he writes, There is not time to teach all the great books. However, this fact is only vexing for the teacher who believes the chief concern of classical education is teaching great books. For the teacher of virtue, the absence of Chaucer or Bede from the medieval lit program is no great concern. The man who stands at the lectern passionately reading and interpreting Augustine is not so much teaching Augustine as he is teaching the love and respect of Augustine. In itself, knowing Augustine matters very little. Even the demons know Augustine and tremble. The teacher is the curriculum. If the teacher is indifferent toward Augustine, he teaches indifference. If he is skeptical of Augustine, he teaches skepticism. But Augustine loves the truth, the teacher loves Augustine, and if the student loves the teacher, he will love Augustine and the truth as well. To love a man is to love the good which he loves. The good teacher cannot make his students love God, but he can make it easier for them to love God. No man has seen God, but Augustine lays down the pattern for loving God, and the teacher traces Augustine's love with his own life. God is far, Augustine is closer, but the teacher is in the very room. The outline of Augustine is faint and hard to see because his life is obscure and strange to us, but the teacher lays down a heavier and darker line which the students can trace with their own lives. Gibbs gets it in one here. That's the point. De multum non multa, much, not many. Teaching the much with our heart and our soul is better than teaching the many with shallowness. Because if we do, shallowness is what our children will learn, whatever we meant to teach them. And learning one thing thoroughly, 
not only shapes hearts to love, as Gibbs says, but shapes minds to truly grapple. We don't need to teach our students absolutely everything. We need to teach deeply and let them learn well. And then they will have the skills and the depth of personhood to learn anything well in the future. This is really what we mean when we say we're teaching students how to learn. We're teaching them how to love deeply and how to learn deeply when we go deep with a little that we can teach them to love. This principle is closely related to another classical learning principle, and that's festina lente. That literally means to make haste slowly. Yes, I did say that. Make haste slowly. And really, it's a call to mastery, to master each step as we go along, not rushing through to get it done. It is the antithesis to credentialism. Let me say that again. It's the antithesis the absolute opponent of credentialism. The point is not to rush through so that you can take some sort of paper that says, you did it. The point is to learn it thoroughly, know it deeply, master it. And to do that, we need to be fully in the moment, brothers and sisters. Our modern culture really is the antithesis to being fully in the moment. You might even be doing one or two other things while you're listening to me right now. (laughs) Gotcha, didn't I? No worries. I do the same thing. We're all in this boat together. But that's our society, right? And we're all rushing around trying to do the least required just to get by so that we can move on to the next thing. I catch myself doing the same thing all the time. And yet, mastery of anything, including, or maybe even especially, Our relationships takes time, deliberation, concentration. There is a reason that Psalm 4610, we are told to be still and know that I am God. Friends in Christ, I don't know that we as a society have ever needed this instruction more. Be still, concentrate, enter the moment. Master what's in front of you in the moment. This is a much better way to teach, and it's a much better way to learn. But it's not what comes at us from the modern education systems. We have bells ringing, rushing us off to the next great thing. And look, I know that when you're trying to do things according to a schedule, it's hard not to feel pushed and rushed. But it's not what we're commanded from the Lord. And we do our children no service in acting as though the great rush of the world is more important than the Lord's commands. We need to make haste slowly. Let students be in the moment, not rushed. Fully learning, fully mastering, not dashing off to the next thing, but fully engaging in this one. Be still. Festina lente. Now, I know that's easier said than done, because we're all living by that clock, right? I catch myself in it all the time. I'll settle down to read my prayers, and I'll feel my mind begin to wander in a hundred different directions. Did I remember to do this? Oh, I need to talk to that person. Whoops, I forgot that. Better put it on my calendar as soon as I'm done here. It takes some powerful refocus, and that only through prayer, right? Because it's not we who refocus. It's giving up ourselves to the Spirit to allow Him to refocus us. 
This is another one of those areas, brothers and sisters, like we talked about with the constant reading of scriptures. We have to submit ourselves to those rhythms before we can pass them on to our children. And this takes practice and commitment and dedication. That's another point to this concept of festina lente. Going slowly and mastering something can only be done by practice, by habit, by repetition. We know this, right? We know it from scriptures. Deuteronomy 6-7 says of the commandments, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Over and over and over we will repeat these things until they are a part of us, until they have become our second nature. This point is so important, it's repeated in Deuteronomy 11.19. This is how things are truly learned, down to the heart. They're repeated, often. Review, 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 repeat. This is what we need to do to get our children to truly learn deeply. Don't rush. Review. Repeat until it's mastered. And we see the fruits when it's mastered, right? I've just been reading through the Acts as part of my daily Bible readings. You notice how easy it is for the apostles to give their witness wherever they go? They know this inside and out. St. Paul can quote his scripture like nobody's business and bring his lessons into an integrated whole easily like he does in Acts 13 because he knows it through repetition and through diligent study, not rushing, but mastering. And that brings us to another of our classical education essentials. And it's another area where modern education is in complete contrast to classical education. In modern education, the point is not to review, but to test, say, yep, I got it, and move on. In fact, if you didn't have to review much for the test, you're considered to be smart. I didn't even have to study. Remember that? Classical education, on the other hand, has the essential principle, and hang on, yeah, I'm going to throw some more Latin at you. Repitio mater memoriae. Repetition is the mother of memory. We only truly remember what we repeat over and over and over again. This is how habit forms, right? Both good and bad habit form in us through repetition. Because remember that old adage, practice makes perfect? Yeah. My husband always objected to that one. He would tell our boys, practice makes permanent. Perfect practice makes perfect. See, whatever we practice, that's what we form up in our hearts, minds, and souls. Doesn't matter whether it's math tables or sports moves or prayer rituals. Our practice and repetition is what's going to form it inside us. This is one of the lessons that we have to be so careful about what we're repeating with our children. I mean, are we repeating the love of God? Are we repeating the grace? Or are we repeating the anxiety of rushing around? Are we repeating the world's concepts of more, 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 instead of the godly concept of less is more, because he is all we need, and we're training ourselves to follow him? Now, you can see there's a deep relationship between these three concepts that we've discussed. 
multum non multa festina lente and repitio mater memoriae. And <clears throat> not just because they're all in Latin. Going slowly, repeating often, striving for mastery, lots of review, taking things deep into our hearts, not just our short-term memory. These are lifetime, not just learning strategies or pedagogical concepts. We've talked about that word before, right? Pedagogy, meaning the science of teaching, which comes from paideia, which is the ancient Greek for the full formation and enculturation of a human being. Yeah, these aren't just pedagogies in the modern sense, but they're deep formational practices that lead to lifetime development and lifetime learning. Because we know, don't we, that these things don't stop at the schoolroom door, right? Learning is a lifetime process. Developing as a human being is a lifetime process. Growing with the Lord is a lifetime process. So if we're going to prepare our children for this lifetime process, we need to have more than shallow schooling taking place. We need to institute these deep concepts as our guiding principles and make our learning a truly different experience than what we're getting from the modern public schooling systems. And I can already hear some of you complaining. All right, you're back to all that theory and philosophy again, Douglas. You promised us some concrete ideas for how this stuff works. I did promise you that. And here I am, three essential concepts in, and I haven't really given any practical applications for this stuff. All right, let me try and rectify that. First, what does it truly mean to not do too many things, but to do much of what we have? And in John 15, we're given the parable in which the gardener prunes the vine. Well, we might need to do some pruning ourselves. What's essential? What's not? What will form our children's hearts in a good direction? What won't? And I know in our world of more, 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 it's painful to prune. We suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out, and we certainly don't want that for our children. But less truly is more. So let's talk about how that could look like. Deep reading and discussion of one long story, slowly and repeating often, can give a young child far more substance and growth than a dozen shorter, less engaging texts. Unit studies, where one text or concept is studied thoroughly and tangential concepts are brought in to show how they fit in together with the main concept, these can be really good to bring about thorough and deep understanding. Another good strategy is simply teaching the mastery. Not allowing for students to move on until they've really gotten it can repeat it perfectly and, more importantly, can teach it back, either to you or, better yet, to another student. We'll talk more on that later. Block scheduling can help in this, too. And Now, this would be something used more with older students than with younger students because younger ones, frankly, need breaks a little more frequently. That's okay, too. Take long, thorough breaks when needed. Little minds and eyes need to practice festina lente with rest, too. They need lots of it. But you don't need to change subjects after a good break. Come back and talk about it some more, whatever you're doing. Really take time to thoroughly dig into stuff and show them the wonder of it. We've talked about wonder here at the corner before, and we've got some more to say about that later. It's a concept we're not quite done with yet. But you know how kids don't want to let go of something that they really love? So let them do it. Don't switch subjects with them frequently. Let them enjoy the wonder. 
Now, older students can really get the benefit of more block scheduling because they have a somewhat longer attention span and can get caught up in the wonder of discussing great ideas. I'm teaching a class like that right now at the Good Shepherd School. We're working on the American founding documents and the founders themselves, really looking at the great ideas that gave birth to our country, deep reading some of the documents that made it happen, exploring who the men were and their personalities and how all of that really pushed us on the trajectory of independence. We're reading the actual documents, getting into the actual language, not just summaries. It's really a fascinating course, and I'm having a lot of fun teaching it, exploring these concepts with our upper school students. And I'm learning a ton myself, really. I mean, all the stuff they didn't teach in high school and college and public schools of yore, which is a lot. But one of the reasons that we can go so deep with these is because we've given ourselves time to do it. We take the whole afternoon. There's no switching of classes because they've got to go on to the next thing. We can take the time and do it right. And I feel so blessed that we have the ability to do this. And of course, all of these concepts of classical education come into play in the way that we're able to teach this course. We're focused on one particular thing instead of trying to do a full sweep of American history. We're mastering it so that the students, when they come out of it at the end of the next year, they'll have a really deep sense of the principles and ideas that went into founding the country. And so whatever history they study next, they'll be able to trace those paths forward and back, looking at how our independence influenced something or remembering what influenced our independence. They'll have more context and a better way to learn than what, when it comes. And so, of course, we're repeating these ideas over and over so that they're truly etched into students' memories. Deep learning is going to leave lasting impressions, true learning. The many things only an inch deep method has left us in our country with a lot of students who really don't know any history. And remember how on before in this program, we've discussed the importance of understanding history to understanding ourselves and how God interacts with his people. So between a deep understanding and a shallow one, the deep wins every time, even if we don't do as many topics and subjects. And that's why these three concepts that we've discussed today are so important. And you caught me, didn't you? At the beginning today, I said we were going to talk about nine essentials, and we really only got through three. That's okay. We're practicing our concepts as we're discussing them. These three are really kind of the most critical. Really, everything else hangs on them, so I'm glad we got to talk about them thoroughly. And then, maybe you'll remember them better. Multum non multa, festina lente, repitio mater memoriae. Much not many. Make haste slowly. Repetition is the mother of memory. These are the essentials that we're trying to work on to build up our Good Shepherd School program. Look, these are not easy. We've had to learn how to prune, how to work for mastery, to not rush, to repeat often. We're far from perfect, but with God's help, we're getting better at it every day. We're providing this atmosphere in our atrium classes for current homeschoolers, and it's what we aim to provide in our new homeschool partnership program. And that partnership program is designed to bring students who have not been homeschooled before into a Christian classically structured program so that they can get out of the rushing of modernity being served up by public education 
and learn new habits and ways that will bring them closer to God. Know someone who would love to get their children out of the public schools and educate by these classically sound and biblically sound methods, but maybe they have to work or they have other barriers? We can help. Know of homeschoolers here in the Valley who are looking for more depth to their program? We can help. Please check us out at goodshepherdhenderson.info and please do pass it on to others whom you know. That's goodshepherdhenderson.info G-O-O-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D-H-E-N-D-E-R-S-O-N dot I-N-F-O And if you'd like to know more about our church or support our work, find us at vegasanglican.org. Our services each week are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and we'd love to have you join us. Find out more at vegasanglican.org. Next week, we will dive into the other essential principles, I promise you, because there's more to talk about, about how we can use these tools for better raising up our children as children of God. Until then, thank you, brothers and sisters, for listening. Thank you for your support. And thank you, most of all, for your prayers. Have a great week, and God bless. Thanks so much for joining us at the Christian Classical Corner. It's been a pleasure, and we hope that it's been a blessing for you. Want to learn more? Find out more about our school project at goodshepherdhenderson.info and more about our church, where you can support our ministry at vegasanglican.org. Thank you so much. Be blessed. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 8.30 a.m., for more talk on Christian classical education. Mm -hmm.